But glad that you're joining us, if whether it be here in our sanctuary or if you're joining us online. Um, what we're doing, and this is the last of a number of sermons that John and I have preached together in a conversational style. Uh, some of you have just wrapped up uh, our small group study uh, in the Gospel of Luke uh, for the last 12 weeks. Many of you were participating, so I do want to say a word of thanks for those that either hosted or those that were facilitators uh, indebted to you for your time and, and for your effort. Uh, and so today we're going to continue on with the, the last passage. It's going to come from uh, Luke 24. It's the passage that Mary Lou uh, read for us. If you want to follow along in, Bible, in your Bible, I think it's page 860, uh, 861 in the Pew Bible. Um, but it's, uh, I've enjoyed this time with, uh, with you and these type of sermons. We, we trust that it's been uh, helpful for you as well. What we want to do is we want to sort of envision if John and I were having our own small group, this might be some of the things that we would talk about or some of the things that we would wrestle with. We would invite you into that process, it, basically like an, an, an open uh, conversation. But before we do, if you would bow your heads and let us pray together. Oh God, as we worship in, in a different way now, what we always pray is that you would use in the scripture lesson in, in such a way that it's leveraged with your presence, your spirit, so that what's created inside of us is uh, the nature of Christ. So however that needs to take place in whatever forms or ways, we, we want to say yes to that uh, this morning uh, for you to break into our time and space in, uh, in such a way that changes us, even if it is to the smallest of degree, maybe how we think or maybe what we do, all of that, we trust your hand. Um, we pray this in your name. Amen. Inside of St. Paul, if there was a theological lens uh, for how we operated here, it would be anchored in Jesus Christ. Uh, what we hope to do, at least in, inside of our church, is to create an environment that have certain catalysts a, as a part of it, and that people would engage those catalysts in such a way that then it would create a yield, and the yield would be faith. Now, faith by nature is, uh, is progressive, it's, uh, it's fluid, it's dynamic, which is why you hear often whenever either we're teaching or we're preaching, we talk about the maturation of faith. Uh, and, and the idea is that God does something in Jesus Christ, and then we respond to that, and, and, and that, that creates uh, faith inside of us, and then we have to feed it. What you don't find inside of the New Testament is when it, when it talks about faith is this idea of stagnation, as if to say it's a one and done, uh, we, we do it and then or, or we participate in it and then we, ne we never participate anymore. This is something that we feed. This is something that we, we give life to. And the way we give life to it is we participate in what we call disciplines. Sometimes that might be study. Sometimes it might be worship. It might be service. Many of you participated last week in St. Paul for All. When you give yourself in a life of service, God takes that and, and, and creates or, or continues uh, that work of faith inside of us. So faith by design is meant to grow. It's meant to mature. Stagnation is not a part of it. But whenever we talk about faith and this progression or this process or journey of it, um, there's always one question that we would have to at least begin or at least start, and that would be, where does somebody begin in this process? So how, how might you answer that? Well, I'd, I'd say just start. <laughs> just start someplace. You know, sure. we, we tend to tie our lives to past accomplishments or future aspirations. And, and, and in doing so, we, we put our, ourselves and give ourselves this uh, pseudo um, 
um, worth or value. And, and, and so what happens is uh, we, we approach the gospel and we, we come before God and we, we hear over and over again, we see the examples that, that God meets us right where we are with, with no concern, at least in that moment of conversion or that moment of faith growth, to our past or what we think of ourselves that Jesus sees in us. I mean, think of the motley crew that Jesus brought together with his disciples. I mean, if you were writing the faith story, would you have included any of them? No, they had, uh, didn't have the pedigree. Well, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it's, it's this sense of, of, of Jesus just meeting them right where they are, James and John and Andrew and Peter, um, Matthew, the tax collector, or even Zacchaeus. Um, in, in that moment. And so the one th major thing when it comes to uh, finding that place to start in of our uh, maturation of our faith is we must lean in at the very beginning, believing that God meets us just right where we are. And that is certainly a theme of Scripture, and it is certainly and definitely a theme of Luke's gospel. Matthew, or Luke rather, shares with us that the prodigal's father meets him on that road on his journey back. No need for the, uh, the prodigal son to fix anything or to have a lecture or change his thinking in one way or another or prove himself. The father lavishes him with that. So, so no prerequisites. No prerequisites. Yeah. So I, I, you know, when I think back in my own life and my own faith journey, uh, that was a foreign concept to me. The, uh, for me, it was uh, earning some level of proving to God worth, uh, either by what I would do or what I didn't do. And so one of the major learning curves for me was just accepting this idea that God meets us right where we are, that it's not, uh, it's not tied to our past, it's not tied to even what the, the future might be, but wherever we are, yeah, that, that's yeah. Where, where God meets us. Definitely. It's, a, it's as if there's a starting line, and we all believe in our faith journey mm -hmm. that we have to approach that starting line before we can start. Just imagine that you're already standing on the, the starting line. Sure, absolutely, which is, again, it's something that uh, I think many of us, uh, if we could just come to that understanding this morning, mm -hmm. the, the level of peace or maybe even the level of freedoms that someone might experience uh, just by understanding that God meets us right where we are no prerequisites. It's not about what we've done in the past. It's not about what we're going to do in the future. It's just now, uh, at this moment. Um, and and that, to some degree, you know, that's, that's the good news, that God meets us right where we are. And, I mean, where, where do you see that inside the passage? So when we think about the road to Emmaus, yeah. where, where, what would you, how would you sort of help us in our study of Scripture where God does this for, with the two? So these two men are traveling from Jerusalem back home to Emmaus, and it's Easter Sunday morning, isn't it? That's right. And yes, they were, it's the third they day. Were, right. They're, the part of the company that hears the testimony of the women coming back and um, they, they hear the testimony of, of Peter coming back, that the tomb is empty. And rather than, um, rather than look into it and, and investigate, they throw their hands up and say, this has been a good ride, let's go home. And so they journey home. And, um, and on this journey home, what, what happens? Jesus sidles up next to them. And, um, and uh, meets them right where they are. 
I mean, you can see, I mean, they're going over the events of the past week, maybe years, and they're ping-ponging back and forth of all the things that they thought were going to happen, discussing and lamenting all of the unmet expectations. We had hope. We had hope that he was the one. But all they ended up with when they described, when Jesus asked him, well, who are you talking about these things, they reply, concerning uh, Jesus, the man, Jesus of Nazareth, who before God was a great, a great prophet. Nowhere in there they, have re- they had reduced Jesus back to a man, just of some family lineage who's doing some good work. And even in that starting place for them, it was a place where Jesus met them. And he's not content to leave them. Not content uh, to leave them there at you know, all. Which is interesting. So if we look at the passage and we see that there's no pre- prerequisites for, for faith, the journey of faith. And so God, Jesus meets them right where they are, but he's not content to leave them there. Because mm-hmm. uh, what else happened in the passage? Not just that he saddles up besides them, but, but what does he do? He opens up the scriptures. Mm-hmm. He goes back and, and talks about all of the different things that God had prophesied or had, the Lord had prophesied about himself in the Old Testament about all these things that must happen. You see, their idea of the kingdom of God was, uh, was um, in their own expectation. They expected God to come in on the horse and overthrow the Roman government and do all these things. And, and Jesus, the very first thing that Jesus says is, oh, you foolish ones, um, how could it be that you become a, a part of where uh, you could not understand that these things must happen for the, for the kingdom of God? So he opened up the scriptures, and then, of course, they travel after, you know, the whole way they're walking, he's opened up the scriptures. But eventually they get to Emmaus. Right. And, and then what happens? They get into the house, and they uh, break bread together. And when they broke bread, um, uh, they recognized that it was all along Jesus who had been with him, with them. And, um, and then they, they, he disappears. Yeah, what's interesting about this, that you, these parts that you're bringing about in the passage, is that God meet, met the two right where they are on the road in their, in their struggle and in this case, their disillusionment, their hopelessness, and he saddles up beside them, but he's not content to leave them alone. So he travels with them, and they break the bread, and then all of a sudden there's a little bit of a change. That they're, What does it say? Their, their hearts are burning? Their, their hearts are burning within them. Yeah. They, they, they question each other. We're not our hearts That's exactly right. burning inside of us all So along? he's not content. That is, God's not content that when God meets us to leave us exactly where right. he finds us, that there is a level of change. And so we talk about this faith maturation. God met them on the road right where they were and then uh, stays with them and they, they, this idea of Scripture. So there's a level of engagement with the Scripture. There's also this experience around the table, this breaking of bread similar to that of the Last Supper. Uh, and, and then it's not just those two disciplines, but what happens after this? They go back to that, that journey that probably took a couple hours to get to uh, Emmaus. They, it's the day's over. They chose to go back to in Jerusalem. Yeah, in the and, and they uh, witnessed to them. They told them, hey, you know, the Lord is risen. And they worshiped with them. So you got four disciplines in this passage. So you got people who start their journey. God meets them right where they are, is not content to leave them be. And so God works in their life. And then they respond four different ways. 
They respond with engagement of the Scripture. They respond with a, a fellowship around the table. There's this level of experience that's going on. And then they also leave, and they go, and they witness. This whole time, faith maturation. Not a one and done. And so one of the questions that I want to ask of all of us is this. Where are we in the process? Where are we in the journey? If what we know about God, and this passage is a perfect example of this, is that there's no prerequisites. It doesn't matter how long you've been in this place or not been in this place. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter any any of that. That's where God wants to meet you. Exactly at this moment. And so the idea of God meeting us is to, is to produce faith that will then grow. So for some of us, it might be that we find ourselves on this journey. We're at that starting place, maybe for the first time. This idea of understanding that, uh, Lord, I don't want to live with prerequisites. I want to just be open to you at this very moment, to meet me right here at this moment. And that might be some. For somebody else, it might be that says, Shane, I've, you know, I, I understand this story, and, and I know what you, you and John are talking about, this analogy of a journey, and, and, and I've, I've been on this journey, but, but I, I, I'm waiting for something more. I want my heart to burn within me. And so maybe it's time for you to engage. Maybe to engage in a way that you haven't previously This idea of maybe for the first time being in a small group, maybe for a first time giving yourself to a mission or to an act of service or or maybe for studying Scripture or whatever it may be. This idea of fellowship, all four of those are mentioned in the passage. And so maybe for some of us, that's where we are. We're in need of this engagement where God has broken into our place, our time, and, and yet we're waiting for us to respond. And so maybe that's some of you. Maybe for something else, it's that last part of the passage. And from my experience, this has been the hardest for many. Because what's required is for us to witness, to act. Just as the two, they, God meets them right where they are on that journey and engages with them and they respond and there's levels of transformation that takes place inside of them and, and then, they're, they, then they act. And so maybe for you, that part of the journey that's left for you is to act. When, when is the last time or maybe even the first time that you've told somebody about Jesus. I know it. That's a little bit much on a Sunday morning. But when was the last time? Obviously, Jesus means something to you. You wouldn't be here. So when's the first time? Maybe for some, they say, well, Shane, I really don't know the words, which is fine. Do you know what the hardest thing for somebody to do? It's to walk across that threshold back there. 
and walk in through the doors. 99% of the people who come into this place, or any community, if you're not here as a part of St. Paul, it doesn't matter. It applies to your church too. Often what they want is an invitation to be a part of a community, to be a part of a place that gives themselves in service, that be, that's a part of a place that wants to learn, that wants to grow, that wants to mature in their faith. So where are you in the journey? At the beginning? Maybe in the middle? Or maybe in that third part that requires us to act. If what was true about them, he, meets, he, he met them right where they were, it's true about us. The key is will we respond. Lord, as we come to a conclusion of this study of Luke, we, we, want, this, we want to be about the ones who respond. Throughout this whole journey, we've looked at who, who, who Jesus was in the text, at the same time who he is, and then now how we participate with him. Transformation, faith, it's an inside-out process. And so we pray for change, change in each and every one of us. Maybe for some at this moment, it's the boldness to be able to say, Lord, today's the day for me. Maybe for someone else, it is, I, I, want, to, I want to grow I want to learn. I want to engage. And then maybe for another, I want to witness. Whatever it may be, O oh God, we yield ourselves to you, trusting in your grace and mercy, so that when we leave this place, we leave going, reflecting the nature of Christ. So God, us, O oh God, we pray, and we pray this in your name. Amen.